Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My name is Bilal Abdul Kareem for OGN. Um, as the entire world has been seeing, uh, there have been mass protests uh, around the death of Mahsa, uh, around the death of uh, Mahsa uh, Amini. And she is a 22 year old woman who died in police custody on the 16th of September. Uh, uh, just a few days ago. There's been some controversy regarding whether she was killed, whether she died, depending on which side of the divide um, you choose to believe. However, there is one thing that is beyond dispute, and that's this has sparked planetary uh, global protests. And we're going to try to understand some of the nuances in this regard, because you've had not only... uh, uh, just a Shia uh, 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 doing protests around uh, Tehran and around the country of Iran, which has erupted into multiple cities. But you've also got other Muslims in other places and non-Muslims also who are joining the fray. Some are cutting their hair in protest and some are even burning their hijabs. So here to help us to understand the nuances in terms of what's happening, we've got Dr. Nazreen Nawaz joining us from the United Kingdom, and she is from uh, Hizbat Tahrir. And we want to say to you, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, brother. Jazakallah khair for inviting me onto your show again. Uh, thank you for joining us and helping us to understand these uh, uh, these issues from a woman's perspective, particularly a Muslim woman's perspective. First question, as you know, the protests have been ongoing. Now, there's no question about the Islamic ruling in terms of uh, torture and beating of detainees. My question to you is, should other Muslim women around the world be joining in on these protests, supporting other women who are burning their hijabs in protest? Okay. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. It's a very good question, brother. And I just want to start off with this, the first point that you said. Just on the outside, as Muslims, we need to understand very clearly that if Mahsa Amini uh, was beaten or manhandled in any way, while in the custody of Iranian police. We know this is something explicitly haram, explicitly forbidden by the Islamic texts. Uh, as you said, the Prophet وسلم, he forbid torture. He said, he said that Allah tortures those who torture the people in this life. And absolutely killing someone uh, in police custody, this is something that Islam prohibits. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, do not take life which Allah has made sacred, except by right, meaning that a Muslim can only take the right of a human being when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that this is something which is allowed. So I just want to make that point explicitly that if Mahsa 
uh, Amini was beaten, manhandled anyway, which led to her death. This is something explicitly forbidden in Islam. But having said that, we need to look at the nature of these protests which are happening across in Iran and across the world. So it's understandable that the people of Iran and people generally, any human being would be um, have anger towards the actions of any totalitarian state, any police state. And the Iranian regime comes underneath that label. Uh, the protests which are currently happening are actually the culmination of many issues which have affected the people in Iran. So the political corruption, the economic mismanagement, many injustices that have been happening over many, many years. This is kind of a culmination of all of these issues. So it's understandable that people have anger towards the Iranian regime. But what needs to be understood is what the target of their anger should be. And what you find in many of these protests is that unfortunately the anger has turned towards the actual hijab, the Islamic dress. And this is where you see, unfortunately, many uh, Muslim women burning their hijab or cutting their hair as really kind of form of rebellion against this specific ruling. But what needs to be understood is that the hijab and the Islamic dress is not the dictate of the Iranian regime. It's not the dictate of the Saudi regime, or it's not the nature of men controlling women or any kind of patriarchal society. The hijab is a command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our Lord, our creator. Very clearly defined the Quran in Surah An-Nur, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the believing women that they should draw their khumur. The khumur is the khimar, the headscarf, over their necks and their juyub. So this is something which is very clear. The Prophet Sallallahu we know, he also said that when a girl reaches puberty, uh, that's you know indicated by the start of the menstrual cycle. It's not right that any part of her should be seen except the face and the two hands up to the wrist. So the hijab is not a dictate of the Iranian regime. It's, it's a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then we have to ask the question, why uh, you know, are some Muslim women looking to rebel against the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I mean, two wrongs do not make a right. Yeah. So if Mahsa Amini was manhandled and that led to her death, of course, this is something which is wrong. But then rebelling against the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is also absolutely wrong. And so we need to be very clear where our anger should be directed. If the problem is the state and the actions of the state, then that's the focus that we should have. So in any protest, your question is, should Muslim women join these protests? When you join any protest, you need to be clear in terms of what the objective and what are the ideas behind that protest. We can't just, uh, you know, join it in a reactionary way. As Muslims, we think, we, we look at what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala look at this? What are the aims of this protest? What, is it, uh, what are the calls, what are the messages from these protests? What does it look to achieve? Is it something that goes against the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Or is it something that will actually re really achieve change, you know, within Iran and within uh, any of the Muslim lands? If you are talking to young women um, in Iran, for example, and they're burning their hijabs and they're angry at this uh, totalitarian regime, as you made mention, um, what would you say to them? What advice would you give to them? As you said, they're upset, they're angry, but their anger is not necessarily uh, limited only to the death of uh, Mahsa Amini. Um, I think that it's a culmination of uh, uh, oppression, silencing of voices, because even now, as, as we speak, the Internet has been cut in many places um, around, the, uh, around the country. So my question to you is, if you could talk to these young women, yeah. what would you say to them? 
Okay. Bearing in mind, these are not Sunni women, but what would you say to them? Yeah, what I would say, brother, is I don't think even this issue is a difference between Sunnah and Shia. This is an issue of Islam. What does Islam say on this particular issue? So the first thing I would say is that there has been, we know for decades, a lot of uh, propaganda, a lot of lies and accusations directed towards the hijab, the Islamic dress of the woman. That's been very clear. These are Orientalist lies and accusations. And we see that even with the current Uh, you know, demonstrations which are happening, you have the secularists jumping on the bandwagon, exploiting uh, the anger of the people in order to once again hurl their accusations against the Islamic dress, that it oppresses women, that it's a form of control of women. There's a very interesting quote by Janice Turner. She was, um, she's a journalist in the UK Times. And in one of the, one of the articles that she wrote on the, the Times website, this was just on the 23rd of September, she said the title of the, the, title of the, of the article was, if the hijab falls, then Iran's cruel regime will follow. And she wrote that the headscarf is not just a dress code, it's an instrument of control designed to frighten and divide an entire nation. So what she's basically insinuating is that the Islamic dress is one of those pillars that upholds the injustice of states such as Iran. And again, trying to, uh, you know, push this idea that Iran is some kind of model of Islamic governance. So you see the secularists, again, churning out their lies and their accusations against the Islamic dress. And unfortunately, Muslim women have been affected by it. So the first thing I would do is try and show them the roots of these kind of misconceptions regarding the Islamic dress. The idea that they, they, the hijab is what's holding the Muslim world back. I mean, these accusations are centuries old, really. So we need to discard these kind of accusations that were engineered directly in order to colonize and and subjugate the Muslim lands. That's the first discussion I would have and break down these kind of accusations. And we need to do this as a Muslim ummah, vociferously. We need to counter these kind of lies against the Islamic dress. Second discussion I would have with Muslim women, Sunni or Shia, is to really understand what the root of the problem is in our lands. So when you have a system, any system, whether it's a theocracy, whether it's a democracy, a dictatorship, a monarchy, whatever it is, any system which is not from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will have oppression. You will have injustice. You will have a situation where people's needs are not met. You will have economic crisis. You will have political crisis. You will have all of these issues, social problems, moral problems. It is inevitable that this is the case. Any man-made system will have that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ma'idah, he tells us that whoever does not rule by what Allah has revealed, they are the dhalim, they are the oppressors. It is inevitable. So what we need to now, the discussion we need to show them is that Iran is no model of Islamic governance. It's a theocracy. It's a state where you have a supreme leader and you have really kind of self-appointed clerics making laws according to, to their own whims and desires other than Quran and Sunnah. So what they do is that they focus on certain aspects of Islam and they reject the others. So you have a regime in Iran, for example, and this idea that it cares about the implementation and protection of uh, Islam is for the birds. Really, it's farcical. This is the regime that has supported Assad in Syria to kill, slaughter tens of thousands of Muslims, innocent Muslims. This is a regime that has, has, has had its hand in the wars in Yemen and the wars in Iraq that, again, has led to the death of thousands of innocent Muslims. This is a regime that has actually beaten to death and killed Um, Afghan, innocent Afghan Muslims trying to cross the border. In 2020, what happened is the Iranian border guards beat uh, around over 50 
Afghan Muslims who were just trying to cross the border into the land. They beat them and they threw them into the river, killing many of them. You know, didn't want them to enter the country because of this concept of nationalism. So this idea right. that the Iranian regime cares about Islam is actually for the birds. Really, it focuses on what is convenient for it and it, and it turns its back and it closes its eyes to the rest of Islam. So the Iranian regime, the Iranian system is not an Islamic system. It's a theocracy. Islam has a very clear definition of its political system, which is the Khilafah based upon the method of the prophethood. And if people want to know what the lives of women will be like under Islam truly, then I would really urge them to objectively study that system, the Khilafah based upon the method of the prophethood. And inshallah, we are ready to discuss with any secularist about what the status of women would be like underneath that state. Well, look, we want to uh, thank you for joining us. We're going to have to leave it there. We've been with Dr. Nazreen Nawaz, and she comes by way of uh, Hizb Tahrir. Um, and we want to thank you for joining us. Uh, I am Bilal Abdul Karim for OGN. Jazakumullah khaira. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa rahmatullahi wa Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events. Islamic Guidance, Quran Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.